This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline. You every Monday and Friday, sometimes on Thursday, when you're entertaining guests from Games Workshop. Oh, Robin Eddie. Yay. That was pretty cool. But you every Monday and Friday, live video cast on Twitch. What's up, everybody in Twitch? Also, you can listen to us on iTunes. Make sure to like, subscribe, and comment if you don't mind. It helps to get our podcast out to more people. And of course, you can always watch the replay on YouTube if you didn't get enough of it on Twitch because it's that good. Or you can watch it and listen to it on all platforms. Yay. At the same time. Ooh, no. Damn. No. Damn, that'd be pretty cool. No, it wouldn't. It'd be an echoey mess. <laughs> it'd be weird, yeah. So anyway, as always, brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at up to 25% off retail. We manufacture the very badical. I'm bringing that word back. Badical. Bad, it's like radical, but badical. Badical. Pretty awesome. FLG mats, ITC terrain. We also have daily blog, all kinds of good stuff. Ooh. And despite the fact that everyone in the office is pretty much moving in slow motion today, it's good to be back. Still fatigued. In slow Still fatigued. I was like, so. I'm going to work one of these days on the weekend, and that totally, absolutely did not happen. I made it in yesterday, but literally Saturday, I slept all day. Yeah, I slept for 12 hours. Yeah, I didn't get out of bed. I was like, nope. Yeah, the, the LVO, the, the build up to the LVO, it's for us, the busy time of the year is from mid November to mid February. Um, it's just like full blast because you go into Black Friday, and then you have Christmas, and then you have the lead up to the LVO, the LVO itself. It's just, it's really, really draining. Yeah. And uh, it's three months of just like, go, 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 go. And then the springtime is a little bit more chill for us, although we have a lot to get done. Yep. But uh, every, I think everybody just slept, drank a bunch, and uh, pretty much just uh, blew off some steam. Although I did sit down, I have almost 300 emails in the inbox. I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's good. Lucky guy. That's, that's good. Lucky guy. But it's good to be back, everybody, and we'll be getting back into a normal workflow uh, starting today, and we will be answering all your emails, getting caught up, give us a little bit of time. There's a lot to get caught up on, but uh, we will be getting back into a normal flow. So if there's anything you want to order, such as some of those amazing new Eldar models, please go ahead and shoot your orders into orders at frontlinegaming.org, or give us a call, 888-781-5120, and we will be happy to hook you up. Right before we went on air, we were talking about one of the all-time great science fiction books, series of books, uh, uh, one of a heavy inspiration for uh, 40K. Some might say plagiarism. No, no. Well, okay, The God Emperor of Mankind, that's word for word out of Dune. Yeah, but that's also probably from like the Egyptians and like other... The God Emperor of yes. Mankind. Okay, uh -huh. fair enough. But uh, he's he rules in space. He rules like a pseudo uh, feudalistic society in space, and they navigate through hyperspace using the guild of navigators who psychically navigate hyperspace. Again, Aztecs did the, said the exact same thing. I was there. 
ancient aliens. I remember it. Bruh. <laughs> so for those of you who are unfamiliar, Dune is, uh, it's, in my opinion, it's the great work of science fiction. It's the best in, for, for me. Uh, and I think it's widely considered to be one of the greatest works of science fiction yeah. written by Frank Herbert. Uh, there are six books in the series. He died before he finished, unfortunately. It happens uh, a lot. Book uh -huh. one is a masterpiece. Book two is extremely good. Book three and four, it's like, what? Were you like doing a lot of drugs at this point in time? Like, what the hell's going on? And then book five and six, he starts to bring it back around, and then he dies. Didn't he give like all the info to his kid, and his kid finished it? Or his son did carry the torch. His son is a good writer. On his own, he probably would have been fine. But like, you're living up to, you're trying to live up to like a giant. Like, yeah, it's. Are you trying to finish somebody else's legacy? Who is extraordinarily talented, and yeah. it's like. Frank Herbert's life is extremely interesting. Like a lot of famous writers in general, especially science fiction writers, have really interesting lives. Yeah. Like he did all this crazy, crazy stuff, like extreme survivalism in the desert, which is what inspired a lot of Dune. Yeah. Uh, really just interesting guy. Had like a million different jobs before he published the first book, which is really common among writers. But at any rate, we were talking about uh, in Dune how in the movie it's so silly that the Fremen have like these like sonic guns like mm, and they shoot that is not in the books nope instead of a gun they use a knife they have knives but there's a yeah. very logical reason why oh yeah I'm dying to hear the logical reason behind right. why a knife trumps a laser gun because this is why right so in the setting of Dune it's like a feudal society right like uh -huh. basically there's like uh, dukes and like essentially knights and such and then there's the god emperor and when they go to when they wage war on each other, there's they have rules, right? Like you can't, you're not supposed to use, you know, uh, lasers. Nuclear That's weapons. why knives are in there. You're not supposed to use nuclear weapons, but people do, right? Dicks. Um, but they have personal force fields. Okay. Right, and it will stop anything that's moving at a certain velocity, right? Like anything that's moving fast, the force field just stops it. So if you had like a machine gun, mm -hmm. it would be literally worthless. Couldn't do anything to the to the trained warriors. Um, the only thing that will penetrate the shield is something that's moving slowly. So they fight with knives. So now here's my counter to that. If somebody's penetrating your shield super slow, well, that's, they developed, now you can't get me cause Oh, I, Oh, now you gotta start over again. No, they developed a fighting style where like they move super quick and then they get you in a position where they get through the shield and then they kill you. And if you shoot a, a shield with a laser in yeah. the setting, it causes a nuclear explosion. Oh, then yeah, you just keep shooting the shield and eventually it's going to go down or well, no, you're no. going to kill everything like, around So you have it. a laser, right? And you're like, beep, boom, nuke. Yeah. And they do it in the books. They, they do it like they'll set up traps and stuff. If they're losing, then they, they start fighting dirty. Yeah. But uh, that's why they don't use ranged weapons in the books. Uh. So it's like it's gone back to a, like super martial arts, like badass. But if um, you have like a force field, like how somebody... Somebody can't like punch through your force field or like grapple you through your force field. Can you they? can. Because you have to be moving slowly to penetrate the force field. So they fight in slow motion? No, they don't. It's weird. You have to like, you have to read the books. Like they describe. Oh, he countered my right hook. Oh no. Well, they don't move slowly. Got me. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't move, they move super quick, except the killing blow is slow. Like, you have to read the books. Not it's, it's awesome. It. Not it's awesome. It. Well, they also, like, do all this crazy, like, super, like, Jedi training. Like, it's, it's, it's freaking awesome. 
But at any rate... It's supposed to be a great book. Oh, it's, it's, in my opinion, it is like the seminal work of science fiction. Yeah. It's so good. But um, absolutely incredible. But yeah, the, the stupid, like, mm, bop. Oh, come on. But Not in the books. <laughs> a knife fight. You're like, yeah. It's like West Side Story. They're like... Just <laughs> dancing and shit. <laughs> no. Because in the books, the, the Fremen, the, the, people, the desert people are like so badass yeah. that like no one can even like, like it's well, ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, if you have a personal force field that nothing can get through unless they move at slow motion, I, I think you're pretty safe. Well, like they all have that. But then the, the, the anyway, back to 40K and how this all relates. So the God Emperor has death worlds where go. they send people like, they send people in droves. Like if you do anything, it's like a despotic, not a nice place to live. Yeah. So he send they'll send people to the death worlds by the thousand, Jeez. and only one in a hundred survives, right? And then of that, of that ten percent, only ten percent of them survive the training that then they, they then go through to become a sadika. That's where like Katachan, the idea for like Katachan and all these death worlds come from. I don't know. I think Forty K came out first, and then uh... definitely not true. <laughs> definitely not true. But it's like the whole idea of like one in a thousand. Yeah. Of like just they just throw these people in this meat grinder and one in a thousand comes out and they're the Sadaka. And they're a badass. Yeah. And they're like ultimate badass. And so when the emperor goes to like when he has to like really put the pin pan down on somebody, yeah. He unleashes the Sadaka terror troops on him and usually the people just like give up. They're like, Nope, like, nope. we're good. <laughs> we're when he unleashes them on like on a planet, they just annihilate everybody. Jeez. And then when they fight the Fremen, the Fremen kick their ass. Really? And then, yeah, and so then, so then uh, Paul Atreides takes the Fremen and conquers the galaxy hmm. because they're like that badass and they oh, do it with knives. So there you go, Frankie. Gosh. There you go. They're like, they come down to the planet, they're like, yeah! Everybody's <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> they got daggers. <laughs> the yeah. guys come up like, yeah. nothing. He's like, like, up, like, oh God. <laughs> He's like, gotcha. <laughs> But why don't they fight with well, guns? They have spaceships, and they'll, like, they'll nuke people and oh, shit okay. like that. They're not supposed to, but they will. I just pictured it. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, special Forces guys are like, yeah. Everybody's like, oh, no. <laughs> not the knife. Just run away. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's scenes where they have, because they have lasers and stuff, and oh, there's, okay. like, scenes where, like, guys who don't have shields are coming out. <laughs> well, no, like, the guy with the laser will, like, he'll, like, just go like this. And they just all get cut in half. Jeez. Like the trees get cut in Brutal. half. And like, wow. <laughs> and that's why they developed the shields. Because they're like, eh, this is pretty, this <laughs> yeah. Pretty anyway. Yeah. So, hey, there's a little uh, a crash course in Dune. There's so many things that are taken from Dune in 40K. Oh, yeah. Well, the it's... Navigator's Guild. The, uh, the Bene Gesserit. Like a, they're like a, a, I'm like, sure a lot of science fiction steals stuff from Dune. Dune oh, is... Totally, dude. It was such new ideas <laughs> at the time. It was so good. Yeah. So good. That and... Uh, 40k took super heavy influence from dune and from uh, the foundation trilogy yeah where it's like there's the fall of um, the galactic empire and there's ten thousand years of darkness gee does that ring a bell does that sound familiar Ten thousand years of anarchy and chaos where like they're just trying to hold on huh. uh anyway guys so we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about some other things besides uh, my love of dune <laughs> but if you do if you if you're a 40k fan if you're a science fiction fan you, you do yourself a favor and go read the books they're yeah. so good it's not even a long... The first one's not even that long. And oh, you don't, watch the movie. The movie's great. I actually really like the David Lynch movie. It is fun, but it, like you said, it has nothing to do with the book. It is very <laughs> loosely based on yes. it. I actually enjoy the movie quite a bit, but yeah, it's, it's a lot different. Yeah. Um, anyway, so back on topic, let's talk about some tabletop gaming and 40K. 
It actually is a Dune tabletop game, but that's a, we'll come back to that later. Really? I didn't yeah. even know that. Uh, there's a couple of really good video games, too. So, at any rate, uh, feedback forms for the Las Vegas Open will go, be going out in the next day or two. Please keep your eye on your email inbox if you did attend the event, because we would love to get your feedback. We'd like to hear, uh, you know, everything. Did you enjoy yourself? Uh, did you think it was well-organized? Any critical feedback? We're always open-minded to hearing that, because it helps us to improve. Just judging from the reactions that we got from people that were at the event, it was a huge success. Um, the only feedback I got that was was negative or constructive, some of it we had literally no control over, so hey, whatever. Uh, and some of it was basic little stuff. Yeah. Like, I think if you would have done this instead of that, it would have been even better. Not like, oh, this sucks and I'm out of here. Yeah, you know, in, in past years, anytime we get like negative feedback, it's usually not like followed up or started with like positive. This year, it was like all positive stuff. It was like, you guys have put on an amazing show, but you could also do this. And we're like, wow, that's... Cool. Yeah. A lot of times it's like negative feedback. Yeah. And you're like, geez. But this time it was like positive and then negative. And we're like, okay, cool. Or maybe not even negative, but constructive. So yeah, it was all constructive <laughs> criticism. Yeah. And, you know, we this isn't our first rodeo. We've done this enough times now that I feel like we've really gotten the hang of things. And we've done it in Vegas enough times to start. We basically, we have a good idea of how things work there now after many years of practice. Yeah. And I think this was definitely the best show we've ever run. Definitely the biggest by a mile. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. We had such a good time. Uh, still <sighs> fatigued, but uh, keep your eye on your email inbox because we would love to hear your opinion on how the show went. Mm -hmm. If you thought it was great, awesome. If you think that uh, this or that could be improved, we'd love to hear it again. For sure. Uh, I know there was definitely room for improvement on the uh, Sunday RTT for 40K. Um, it still went off. It still functioned correctly, and we were essentially on time. The first round was late, but uh, we tried to get too high-tech with it. I think next year what we'll do... And again, let us know what you think. Is we'll just do old school single elimination brackets. You show up, pay ten bucks, uh, or get it in advance, and go put your name on a bracket. If you win, you put your name on the next bracket. Literally, write it on card. We'll have a big poster board for each eight man tournament, and then we'll do like winner takes all for the prize sport. Easy peasy, a lot of fun. Eighty bucks in basically store credit worth of prizes is awesome. Not bad. It fits Vegas. It's fun. If you lose, it's Sunday, and like, let's say you lose round one, 10 bucks, big deal. Now you can go pack up and get ready to go home, but you still get points because yep. you still participated. So you may not get as many points as the guy that wins, but you're still going to get some points, and you start with uh, a score on the board for the 2018 season uh, for next year. So we'll go old school with it, and I think that'll, that'll alleviate 99% of the issues. For sure. Yep. Um, that we had. Uh, the, the Best Coast Pairings app worked great. Uh, there was a couple of points where it slowed down, uh, either due to user error, people are unfamiliar with how to use the app. Uh, they didn't know they had to check into an event. It's just because they'd never used it before. Hey, yeah. We were expecting something like that. Uh, and also, um, round six, day two, there was 20,000 people pinging the server at the same time, and it caused a slowdown. We got a little bit of a late start. But otherwise, it worked incredibly well. Yeah. It's funny. They did a test up to 10,000, and they're like, yeah, this should be fine. But the, the reason that it gets up to 20,000 is anybody that hits refresh, boom, you multiplied. You're like, fuck. You're like, no. Oh. <laughs> so there were all the people that were watching at home, like thousands of people, and then thousands of people at the event. So it was just like, yeah. like no. <laughs> and then what happened, too, is on day two on that Friday, because almost every event at the whole convention was using the Best Coast Pairings app, like yeah. X-Wing, War Machine Hordes. Um, the list goes on and on. There was so many events, 30K. There was so many events using it. 
And it just so happened that at that time, it was like 6 p.m. or something. Yeah. 5 p.m., something like that. Everyone was, re- was, was cycling around. So it was like literally the whole convention, plus all the thousands of people that were trying to see who was winning. Yeah. All were pinging the server at the same time, and it overloaded the server. So uh, lessons learned. And it wasn't like catastrophic or anything. It just no. slowed things down by 10 to 15 minutes. Yep. Which, room for improvement, we're not crying about it. The, the event wouldn't have been possible. Without yeah. the app, they did a great job. Yeah, definitely. The yeah. Best Coast Pairings app has made running tournaments so much easier and so much nicer. I mean, people were looking at their table numbers on their phone. Yeah. It's never happened before. It's awesome. We never had a big yeah. rush of people trying to go put in their score. Yeah. Not once. Like, not one time did that happen. A lot of people never left their table. Yep. They got done with their game, they went and got a beer, and they're like, oh, oh okay, I'm on table 206 or whatever. Yeah. And then they went and they got it done. So, big, big shout out to those guys. They've succeeded where no one else has been able to pull this off. Uh, and that's not a dig on anybody else. This is really hard to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Really they, hard to do. They've put in the hours and sweat and blood, and they've produced a great product. So They really have. And they, <laughs> I think the, the critical difference, and again, this is not a dig on anybody else. Please don't take this as that, is that these guys are the ones writing the code. Yep. Yeah, and, these are the guys, and they're tournament players. They've yep. been to events, all that stuff, and they're actually the ones that are writing the code, like you said. So. They know where they can improve on certain things and where they can't, and it helps a lot for sure. Yeah, and in the past, mm-hmm. uh, like there's been lots of other people that have attempted to do this. Oftentimes, they're not, they don't have the skill set like we don't. We would have done it ourselves, but we don't know how to write the code to, to, to make this happen. But the guys that are that are that are owners of the company are the ones that are doing the actual coding. And like Frankie said, they're tournament players. There's nothing lost in translation. Yeah. And they, that was a, that was kind of like I think the silver bullet that made BCP work. Yep. Because um, you know this goes back years and years and years. People have been trying to do this back to um, to what was it? Rankings HQ. Rankings HQ. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, there's always been that kind of like gap in in communication. For sure. But uh, it's then, it's been awesome to see it evolve oh, yeah. into what it is now. It's such a useful tool. Super cool. Such a useful Man, tool. I remember back to the rankings HQ days. Those were awesome. <laughs> Just seeing your ranking go up. It was, the first it was super one. cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even though it was <laughs> now, it would be it would never even get off the ground. But at the time, he blazed the trail. Awesome dude. Yep. Um, and, and he kind of like got the ball rolling on this whole thing. So, you know, kudos to him. Heck yeah. But uh, yeah, the BCP guys were on it. They were fixing problems on the fly. Yep. You know, none of that would have been possible if, uh, if they weren't the dudes that actually were doing the heavy lifting of the coding. So For sure. can't wait to see what the future holds. I think that this is going to be the year that that really takes off. Definitely. And I hope so for them because, yeah. I mean, they're doing a lot of work and stuff and love for them to keep doing it. So. We all really want them to keep doing yes, it. We if really we, want them to succeed. To continue to build what we're building, <laughs> yes. the technology has to be there. So, yep. um, yeah, please, please use it. So, yeah, uh, any feedback would be greatly appreciated. Uh, you can give us some feedback in the uh, comments on Twitch when we get to the end of the show. But uh, we're always looking to improve. So that would be uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got a big response from TOs that want to pick up the used terrain uh more than we expected so i think we have like i'm gonna guess like 70 boxes of terrain and we need to we need to sort it but we got way more than we thought we were gonna get um i I don't i guess it's not a surprise in retrospect uh the train's perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with it some of it needs to be repaired but there's it's it's still serviceable terrain and if you're still trying to build your event it's this is like the coolest thing that could ever happen because well, I mean, this is a train that we've used on our tables before. For so. years, at the LVO, the BAO. <laughs> yes. 
Um, so it's going to be first come, first serve. I, I, we need to go through our emails and figure out the order that it came in. So a lot of questions came in as they do. Uh, no, this is not for private individuals. Uh, this is only for TOs, and you need to prove you have an event. Most of the TOs that wrote in, we actually know you, so it's no big deal. Yeah. Right? No, we're not just sending it to someone who's uh, you know, just uh, for their home collection. That's not the point, right? Uh, and not, you know, fair There's enough. There's nothing wrong with that. It's yeah, just nice we want to support the TOs that are right. participating in the ITC. So. And then just to be clear, uh, we say a bin of terrain. If you actually want the bin that it comes in, we'll have to charge you for that because those things are not cheap, and they're, they're really useful for us. But um, if not, we can throw it in a cardboard box, no big deal. And then we'll charge you actual shipping, what that costs. We've had a lot of people asking, I don't know. It depends on how much you want, depends on where you live. Um, but Frankie, what would you estimate for shipping for someone who say got four or five bins worth of terrain? Like 30 bucks, something like that? Maybe like 30 bucks, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's within the continental United States. Yep. So, you know, don't haggle with us. This is already the deal of the century. Yes. Like. If you don't like it, there's 20 people behind you in line that will take it. So we're just trying to help people grow their event um, and, and not throw away terrain that's still good. It still has life in it. Yeah, but just uh, bear with us. We should have – we'll get back to everybody by the end of the week. So Yeah, we're just moving a little slow, uh, but we will get caught up, and we will get that out. Yep. Uh, it's taking up a lot of space in our store, and we want to get, we want to get it out too. Cool. Uh, in other news, the Horus Heresy Book 7 Inferno will be out this weekend. That's very exciting. Da, da, da. Uh, we'll be getting rules. And, well, I think rules have already been out, but we'll be getting the, the, the Burning of Prospero. Uh, we'll be getting uh, Magnus the Red, uh, Lehman Russ, all that kind of fun nice. stuff. And the rumor mill is saying that the next book will feature Blood Angels, which means we'll be getting Sanguinius. Oh, shit. Yeah, who is supposed to be, by all accounts, the most powerful of the Primarchs, second only to the Emperor, and then, I guess, second to Horus Ascendant when yeah. Horus becomes uh, Super Saiyan. Because Horus, like, punks him, right? H Horus beats his ass. Like, it's not even close. Yeah. Like, da, 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 da. Oh, you know what? Horus whipped out his knife. You're like, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sanguinus just flew away. Sanguinus is like, no. Uh, dummy. Uh, in the books, Horus actually says, he's like, he's like you know, I, I think I could take anybody except Sanguinus. Really? He's wow. like, they pretty much all of the other... Like Primarchs or the Primarchs closest like advisors are like, our Primarch could beat anybody except yeah. maybe Sanguinus. He's supposed to be like the perfect, the, the perfect one. Badass. Yeah. Is he like a nice guy? He's, he's like, he's like the perfect, he's like the, he's like an angel. Oh, okay. Yeah. And like, he's always like really like cool. He's like, he's, I may be the best, but you're really good at what you do, guy. He's like, you know what? You're okay, man. You know what? Give me a hug. I like you. He's pretty cool too. Like, <laughs> he's kind of, you know, he's like, he, he's supposed to be like, like Michael. Yeah, like yeah, he's like right. the right hand man of, of the emperor, so makes sense. He is a badass, so that it's gonna be really interesting. This well, the miniature is gonna be astounding, of course, but it'd be really interesting to see the rules for him. It's gonna um, be super on the cool. Tabletop. Yeah, he's gonna be a, a, a badass. Also, be sure to turn to tune into Twitch TV tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to see our friend Jeff in Control Robinson's new show. It's called Fanboys. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. They just talk nerd. And that again, that's going to be tomorrow, Tuesday at 1 p.m. on twitch.tv backslash twitch. Uh, it's on Twitch's main channel. And um, I will actually be a guest on that show next Tuesday, the 21st. So please be sure to tune in and check that out. But we will be uh, hosting it and promoting it and getting that, that out there. But uh, it sounds like it's going to be really cool. And tomorrow is the first episode. That's exciting. Yeah. No, this is uh, Jeff's new TV, or not TV, but Twitch series. 
Uh, I think he's going to be going with a DJ Wheat. Yeah, DJ Wheat. It's going to be him and DJ Wheat. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it should be really exciting. He's really excited about it. So go ahead and jump over there and show him some support. Yeah, support him because he does a lot to support the tabletop gaming community. Yep. Uh, he, he goes out of his way to like get 40K out there to like get more people aware of what we do. So if you could show him some support, it'd be greatly appreciated. And then if you want to come and laugh at me on the show. That's what I'll be doing. Feel free. <laughs> it's going to be fun, man. We get to talk about nerd stuff. He's like, he's like. Like we're gonna talk about comic books and like books and movies, and I was like, oh, it's right up my alley. Like, yeah. So perfect. I'm really looking forward to it, and then uh, I'll make sure to make fun of DJ Wheat. <laughs> He's pretty funny. He might zing me pretty hard. So yeah, he'll get you. I'll fire one out there. Uh, for upcoming ITC events, we've got a ton. Please be sure to check the calendar. It is getting updated. Uh, we're gonna pull all the 2016 season stuff down and archive it. I just haven't had a chance to do that. I'm gonna do that today. But uh, there's a ton of events coming up this weekend. We had a major uh, last weekend that was in Denmark. Yep. So really cool. One of the teals was actually at the LVL. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Warzone Slegelesse. Nailed it. I think that's I, exactly how it's supposed to be pronounced. I think I nailed it. Uh, but for all the updates for the 2017 season, please just bear with us. Uh, largely, the format is accurate, but um, we're still integrating the new missions in, in terms of uh, the Nova Open missions, the Renegade Open missions, and obviously the ITC missions. So there's going to be a, a ton of missions this year. And then the way it works is that you basically you just choose the ones you want to play. Yep. Uh, we're changing the scoring structure. Instead of an 11-point scale, it's going to be an 18-point scale. Uh, and we'll break that down further. We did all the math and everything works fine. Uh, but then we did that to incorporate Nova missions, which are really good missions. They're great missions. Yeah. yeah, I really, really like the Nova missions. After you get done reading them, which takes about an hour, um, they're great. <laughs> hey, Mike, that's for you. No, Mike knows they're very wordy. Uh, they're, they're, they're excellent missions. They were inspired by the Malifaux mission set, which I think is brilliant game design. Yeah. Like, yeah. brilliant game design. The missions in Malifaux are fantastic. Yep. And uh, Nova took a heavy influence from those because Mike is a huge Malifaux fan. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alpha is actually coming out with a new game here pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. uh, it's, what is it? Shattered Future or something like that? I don't remember what it's called. I can't remember. But it's remember. supposed to be really cool. Yeah. It does look very cool. But uh, make sure to check those out. And so, you know, we'll be rolling everything out as soon as possible. Uh, and also the Renegade Open missions, for those of you who don't know, they're basically ITC missions where you choose your Maelstrom objectives instead of rolling. Mm -hmm. And that, by that, Fact alone, I think they're going to be more popular than the, the baseline ITC missions. Probably. Uh, for, for tournament players, for people who play casually, they'll probably like to roll for it because they like the uh, random nature of it. They like the excitement. Yeah. But for a tournament player, you're going to want to pick. Uh, and that's why we included those because they're very good. Um, we included the random element because we were trying to stay true to the book um, when we first wrote those missions. But uh, yeah, the, the ITC 2017 season will offer a ton of variety in, in the way you play the game. It'll keep tournaments fresh and exciting. Uh, it'll force you to change your tactics. I think it's going to be very good for the game. Yeah, I mean, more missions is better for the game in general, uh, in my opinion, because uh, you get more variety and stuff like that. You can't just build a list that dominates six missions, especially if you're going to tournaments that are using like more than that. So. Yeah, and especially with the Nova missions thrown into the mix, they're, they're quite a bit different. Yeah. Um, and then we did that. We made some changes, uh, basically, so that they wouldn't mathematically skew the system. Uh, and we've been working with the TOs uh, for a couple days on that, and the uh, BCP guy is going to pick up the ball and carry it across the finish line in terms of programming. Yep. But uh, that should all be ready to go relatively quickly. Uh, regional rankings, I believe it'll be done in February. Sweet. So yeah, that, that should be out this month. 
Yeah, they're working on a lot of things right now, and they're hoping to be able to have it all finished and complete by like March first. So that's that's their goal. So yes, and then I'm sorry, one, we forgot to mention one thing about the the terrain deal. Uh, we try to put a full table of terrain in what we call, like a band, quote unquote, but there's no promises that that's the case. No, some uh, will be more, some will be probably yeah. a little bit less. Uh, majority of them will be a full table, but yeah. Yeah, and so don't do not do not write me complaining. The the price you is will be right. taken off of the Christmas list. Oh no! For 15 bucks, which is cheaper than one piece of terrain in this, it's fully painted and built. Please do not be a pain in my ass. We're doing this to be a, as a favor, uh, but you know, there's it's totally fine to ask questions, but please do not. I did. This is not a full table of terrain. Well, then you know what? Send it back, dude. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't do that. Uh, rumors. There is so many awesome rumors going on in the 40k universe. This is a very exciting time to be a 40k enthusiast. I am pumped. I can't wait. I know we've talked about the fluff moving forward. I am one million percent behind it. One million percent. That is more percents than all of them. That's a lot of percentages. Mm, if it's on a one to ten million scale, though, I'm only ten percent behind about it. Infinite. I'm an infinite percents. I'm very enthused. <laughs> I'm very enthused for, for this. I think that this is wonderful. I think this is what the game needed. I think that the people that are uh, feeling anxiety about the fluff moving forward, let just embrace it because this is really good. This is exciting. This is going to get new people into the game. I'm very pumped. But right now we're getting lots of rumors about Eldar because there's a whole new kind of sub-faction, uh, so to speak, that on the tabletop represents a lot, and we'll get into that on next episode. We'll start talking about the rules a little bit more, yeah, because uh, they're they're crazy. They change the way Eldar play big time. We can mention like kind of like I guess the broad strokes of the new rules, um, but really what it represents for the fluff is extremely exciting because Aeneid, as the god of the dead, is basically represents a reinvigoration of the Eldar species. Yep. Right. This is new hope for the Eldari the unified Eldar uh, people. And Aeneid uh, came about as a result of Kagarok, the Laughing God, dodging Slaanesh's wrath and then like launching this like eons long plot to like kind of like reinvigorate or save the Eldar people. Yeah. And Slaanesh is actually the cause, right? That was, he tricked Slaanesh into like being the, the architect of her own downfall, like bringing new hope to the Eldar people. I think it's freaking awesome. Yeah, no, I think it's gonna be great, and uh, a lot of the rumors floating around are freaking sweet on these guys. Like, yeah, use well, them in terms in of Dark rumors, Eldar, Eldar, yeah. all this stuff. It's cool. Yeah, I think it's it reminds me a lot of Age of Sigmar. We're getting these like super factions. Yeah, right. In Age of Sigmar, you only have four super factions, and you have like a million sub factions. Yep. But the elves are all one faction. It was like the exact same thing, mm -hmm. right? And you're seeing a lot of of parallels between these, uh, which I think at this point in time, everybody's kind of expecting a little bit of a, a merge. Not in terms of like setting or fluff, but in terms of rules. Yeah. Um, and then to, to give kind of an overview of, of some of the rules that are we're going to be seeing, uh, Aeneid, the the uh, the god of the dead, the the avatar of Aeneid. Like we have the avatar of Cain, the bloody handed god, which is the avatar we're all used to. Yeah. But that's just the avatar of Cain. So now we have the avatar of Aeneid, which is Incarn, Icarn. Just that beautiful. Um, they look so sick. So good. So, like, what this means, too, is that we could be seeing avatars of all the other Eldar gods, too. That would be sweet. Right? How cool would that be? And why would you not do that? Like, yeah. that just that makes sense. Because there's Val, the god of the forge. There's Isha, uh, the goddess of fertility. There's all kinds of really badass stuff. Um, there's Asurian, like, the chief god. Uh, really cool stuff. But... Uh, would you say the god emperor? 
Dun, dun, dun. Only fights with a knife. Oh. But uh, <laughs> supposedly uh, the way these rules are going to work is that when units are wiped out, um, you can you can basically use their like soul power to do cool stuff like uh, out of sequence move shoot charge assault etc. Really powerful. Yeah. Right. Like imagine you making fire dragons shoot twice in a turn. Yeah. Or striking scorpions, assaulting and beating somebody up. Assaulting twice that might almost be as good as a normal assault unit assaulting once. Ooh. One would say. One would say. Or how about this? Harlequins assaulting twice. There you go. That would be. That's good. actually good. Striking scorpions, you'd be like, eh, yeah, cool, go ahead. It's very exciting stuff. I mean, that, and again, that's like straight out of Age of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar has tons of rules and mechanics where you do things out of sequence. Yeah. And we're seeing that more and more in the new stuff in 40K. Like, uh, all this, like, where you get to uh, extra charge, you get to swing again before dying. Like, those are rules, like, Age of Sigmar has had that since day one. Yeah. Tons of stuff lets you do things out of sequence in that game, which... It's a lot of fun, actually. Like, oh, for sure. I, yeah. I really like uh, I really like how action packed and fast Age yeah. of Sigmar is. It definitely speeds up the game. Things are dying uh, way faster than they do in 40k currently, but because things are swinging twice or charging farther or whatever it is. So yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good for the game too because it will allow games to actually finish. <laughs> yeah, and so. that's a huge issue, and it's just it is comedy gold to me that people are still saying that having more points isn't slowing the game down. Yes, it is. 2,000 points. Like, that's like saying, like, eating more food doesn't make me fat. It like, doesn't. It doesn't. No. Well, I mean, then you can make the argument, well, it's, Science. You know, it's, it's, it's empty calories or whatever. Look, man, plain and simple, more points means longer games. Duh. Like, anybody who makes the argument to the counter, when I've seen a bunch of people arguing that it doesn't make the game last longer, you're high. You're high. I'm just <laughs> going to say it. I'm going to be blunt. Like, duh. Less points means quicker games. Nope. That does not require an explanation. Nope. It's not true. <laughs> I mean, we have data that shows that at 1650, like, vastly more games finish within the roughly three-hour time limit. But um, that's what maybe we'll talk about that more next episode. But yeah, like for tournaments, if you want games to finish, you need to come down in point. I think people are finally realizing, like they're seeing the reality of the fact that, because we're essentially playing, especially at high level play, we're not playing 1850, we're playing like 2,500 points. Yeah, with all the free points. And summoning, summoning and all, all this stuff, crazy so. crap. Like you have got to accept the fact that you have to pare down your list. I know it sucks, but if you want games that actually finish, we have to go down in points. I actually had people saying we needed longer rounds <laughs> at the LVO. I was like, we're already at a 12-hour day. No. Longer, bro. No, we longer. are not going longer. That is awful. It is, you can't. It's not realistic. No. It is not realistic. Whereas Age of Sigmar, it's like 90-minute games. You're in melee on turn one. Yeah, the games are so fast. They're Sometimes so fast. the games are too fast, but that I would agree with you. Yeah, like I'm not saying like a turn. You're like, oh, okay, well, that was fun. You want to play a game? <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to make the argument that the Age of Sigmar is even the better game. It's just different. Yeah, and there are certain things about it that I really like, and then there's certain things that we've noticed that are not so cool. Like the power levels in that game can be really crazy out of whack, but it's getting better because mm -hmm. every year they're updating the General's Handbook, which. That's on the way. General's Handbook Part 2 is on the way. That's a living rule book. Awesome. We've always wanted it. Please show encouragement Do to Game Workshop. 
Don't complain. God, if they could do that for 40K, it'd be awesome. Uh, if, the, if, if that were to happen, that would God, be amazing. So but cool. just show support because don't go <laughs> complain about having to buy another book because they're giving us what we've asked for, which is updated rules yep. and fine-tuning the system as we go. That's what we've always asked for. Don't bitch. Show support. But gamers like to complain, man. I think that's Everybody part of the hobby. Everybody likes to complain. It's human. I do too sometimes. Everybody just, complains. You just you need someone to be real. That's real talk, Frankie. Real talk. You need talk. real talk from the streets. No. <laughs> Dude, have you seen the new Gilman model though? Oh, it's so good. The model is amazing. It's so good. They debuted it at oh, the Las Vegas oh, Open. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah, let's let's talk. All right, so Eldar, we'll wrap that up and we'll yep. move on to that topic. So uh, Bealtan is going to be destroyed, the craft world, no. which is crazy. They're the most militaristic of all the craft worlds, most like strictly regimented, like they're like Spartans almost. How are they gonna kill it? They don't get killed, they get they get fractured, they divide up. Oh, the fracture of Tan. There you go. Weird. There you go. And what this means too is that th this obviously represents the flop moving forward. This is how uh, Aeneid comes back into play. Uh, I'm sure Slanesh is gonna factor in. People are guessing that that means that the next uh, Demon Primarch to <sighs> hit the scene might be Fulgrim. Because so, obviously he's affiliated with Slanesh. His snake nest. He's going to look so dumb. I, I'll bet he's going to look freaking sick. Dude. Look I'm, awesome. not, I'm not excited. He's like Medusa. For that. But uh, it's really, really exciting. And what a lot of this, uh, what a lot of people are speculating and what we've always been, already been revealed is that there's going to be sub factions coming back. Right? Like uh, the, the one that we know is going to happen is the uh, Oathway Black Guardians. Which is badass. They're like Sick. special forces guardians. Yeah, they're so cool. Yeah, so I'm extremely excited for that. Uh, that's probably gonna mean good things for Yeo Footdar, which uh, is one of my favorite ways to play the game. So really, really excited, right? Yep. All this badass shit. But even probably maybe even more exciting for more people, uh, those of you who are not strictly Eldar or Eldari fans, is that Guillemin is obviously the next Primarch coming back, and he looks awesome. Dude, he looks so cool. That big flaming sword. Uh, I guess his armor is all bigger. He yeah, God, he looks he freaking looks sick. Cipher looks awesome. Cipher looks so awesome. And now it's time to start having fun speculating. Like, what is Cipher's mission? Clearly, he's important. They made a new awesome plastic miniature. Well, if he's alongside Guillemin, who is like the we, ultimate good guy, is he alongside Guillemin? Oh, maybe Guillemin's getting ready to punk him. Well, what yeah. is what is his mission? Like, what is Cy Cipher clearly has a, a task. Is he going to kill the Emperor to bring about the Maybe rebirth? he's going to kill Guillemin. They're going to make this cool model. He's on back. He's on. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So what is Cypher's purpose? Like, what do you guys think his purpose is? Is he here to kill the Emperor to trigger the next cycle of rebirth for the Star Child to be, to <gasps> be reborn? Or is he here to expose the fact that Asriel is a dirty traitor? Now, do you think the Star Child would be like the Golden Child? From with Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Murphy? I hope. One, can only hope. one can only hope. <laughs> there was a snake lady in that too. See? Yeah, and she looked Fulgrim dumb. Is the she looks stupid too. Yeah, Fulgrim's the next dude. We, but uh, it would be really awesome to, or it's going to be really awesome to see what part Cypher plays because clearly it's important. I think he's the coolest character behind Sevatar in the whole he's, universe. He's pretty badass. He is pretty badass. And I always thought it'd be fun too if they did reveal that the the Dark Angels, the the those that survived were actually the traitors. And when they saw that the shit was going sideways, they were like, oh, we were just kidding. We're not actually traitors. And then they try, and they've been trying to kill off everybody that knows the truth. Yeah. What if Cypher's mission is to kill the Emperor because the Emperor is dying? But instead, it like backfires. He kills the Emperor. Chaos takes over. And that's the end. No. Well, like, the end. One of, one of the point. theories is that the Alpha Legion were presented with a choice 
right? By the emperor. Yeah. And there was like all these shitty options. So they chose the least shitty, which involved them betraying. All part of his plan. Right. And like they were like, you have to, you have to go traitor to enable chaos, to wipe everything out, to give humankind a chance to be reborn. That's the only hope they have. Dark. It's so good, man. Dark. So good. Because wouldn't it be cool if it turns out that Dark Angels were really traitors and that the Alpha Legion were actually not traitors? Ah, oh, so good, man. That would be pretty cool, except for one of the Alpha Legion's Primarchs are dead. Oh. Maybe. Perhaps, yeah. Maybe Maybe. Not. Maybe not. One of the it's arguments, so funny that they're smaller than all the other Primarchs. They're just like normal space oh, size. Like, oh. Dude, Tau Dark is saying that he thinks Cypher is actually a Megon. He's actually Alpha Legion oh, infiltrator. That would be awesome. That would be Because cool. Alpharius and Omegon are normal size Space Marines. Yeah, they're just normal. Right. I don't even think they're like more powerful than Space Marines, are they? I would imagine that they have to be. And that's one of the arguments is that like Alpharius didn't die fighting Guillemin because uh, he's too crafty. He would have sent in someone a double. But then it's one of the arguments is that Gaiman wouldn't have to fight full strength to kill a normal space marine. Yeah, fair enough. Right? Like, he would notice the difference, but maybe not. Gaiman wasn't the baddest warrior himself. No. He was a renowned... He was a good warrior, but he was... Uh, uh, he was renowned as a tactician and a leader. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't play him in chess. No. I think... No. Um, uh, Korax beat him in uh, a tactical exercise. Yeah. And then... Because that's because Korax is so creative... <laughs> And Gimin was like, wow, that was incredible. So that Gimin will never work again. He sucks at fighting and then he sucks at tactical. What is what good is he? He's a leader. <laughs> but wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if, if Cypher kills the Emperor, right? To yeah. trigger the rebirth of the Emperor as a god. And then the Imperium fractures, and then Gimin rises up to lead like a big portion of Dude. But but then it's no longer like death and destruction and horrible oppression, but it's like positive. Dude, what, yeah, he kills the Emperor, Slanesh pops out. <laughs> You've already created me. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, get out of here. So I'm stoked, man. This is like so exciting. It's such a cool time to be a, an enthusiast of 40K. Yeah. Such a, the, the models are incredible. The, the uh, Games Workshop is getting involved in the community again. The fluff is going badass. It's just, this is a great time to be in the hobby. Uh, and then again, we do want to say thank you to Games Workshop for coming out and supporting the Las Vegas Open. If you haven't seen the last episode, episode 505, a signals from the front line. Eddie and Rob were on the show with us from the Warhammer community team. Obviously, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, that cool was guys. quite the treat. They're pretty awesome. They're rad dudes, man. Yeah, they're they're just cool guys. They're just they're just like like all of us. They're just gamers that care a lot about what they do. It yep. was awesome, and uh, we did get to play some Age of Sigma with them just for funsies. That was great. Woo. Jason actually beat Rob. Jason won again. Granted, Rob used like. One of the worst armies I think I've ever seen. But Jason doesn't win very often, and no. Rob won the South Coast GT. Yeah. Like, the biggest Age of Sigmar tournament in the world. Well, it was funny, because Rob pulls this move out and, like, charges, like, 18 inches. Like, impossible charge, but he pulls it off and gets it. And then he's like, all right, yeah, I could win this. And then Jason looks down, and he's like, do I have to attack you? Rob goes like, well, no. He's like, Jason's okay. Like, okay, I won't. I win. <laughs> Now, to be fair... I was like, hey, come on! <laughs> to be fair, Jason was using a very powerful Stormcast army, and Rob yeah. was using a very weak Corn uh, uh, army, but, uh, hey, we got to give credit to our boy, Fat J. What it's doing. out. Pulled out a W. So, at any rate, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is episode 506 Yikes. of Signals from the Frontline. Uh, we will be getting the footage from the LVO up on YouTube. That will be happening this week. So if you didn't have a chance to see it live, you will get a chance to catch it again. 
Uh, that's going to be a big project, but Mariano is going to be working diligently on that. <laughs> and uh, we will work on the sound issue, guys. I know that, that sometimes the volume is low when it goes up on YouTube. We will work on that. If you have any questions, please fire us, fire them over. Tau Dark, Cypher kills Giamman for killing his brother Alpharius at the last moment, then kills the Emperor, Chaos wins. That's one possible scenario. God. Um, let me see. You hear the rumors floating around, too, that Abaddon gets killed? Good. Phaladon sucks. That doesn't even make sense. Like, how he's the leader. Eh. Kill off Abaddon. Like, Abaddon's become, like, <laughs> extremely powerful now that he's ascendant. But, yeah. uh, let's see. Uh, five, lo I don't know, I five Logos West says Vulcan lives. He does, because he can't die. <laughs> uh, it's funny, like, some of the other Eternals, they're like, like, John Grammaticus. Like, he's, he's like a cowboy. Good. Like he's been alive for so long. He's like, oh my God, let me die. Uh, Archon 91. I've been Dark Eldar from the start, but the loss of the iconic craft world is a, a loss nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, they're shaking things up. I think it's great. great. How many craft worlds are left? There's a lot. There's like, oh, okay. I, there's like the five big ones, and then there's a ton of little ones. Gotcha. Um, Sexy Maxi. With the fracture of Bill's hand, the new war host uh, makes all Eldar, Dark Eldar, Harlequins, blah, 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 in our, in our faction. faction. For Lights um, and Sea, will you keep the normal factions or make Inari a separate faction? We haven't even had a chance to think about that yet. Yeah. I, I purposely did not read the rules from Fall of Cadia because I didn't want to cloud my mind with stuff that wasn't relevant for the Las Vegas Open. Yeah. Uh, Rin the Faceless says, well, the Imperium lost Cadia. Yes, they did. But the Imperium <laughs> has millions of planets. The Eldar do not have millions of craft world, although Cadia was kind of important. Yeah, it was pretty important. Uh, Bryn the Heretic, can there be team rankings regionally on that? Um, you'd have to ask the Best Coast pairings, but I would assume that any rankings that we have now will also be regional rankings. Yep. Uh, what impact will Age of the Emperor uh, f have on the ITC if it comes mid-year this year? Well, we're just going to have to roll with the punches, right? Like, we can't control when things come out. Age of the Emperor. But uh, he's just making oh, it. It's in nice quotations. Um, we will adapt. Overcome, adapt and overcome, baby. Whoa. We don't let anything slow us down. RJ Marcon says he kind of hopes it's the year of Nurgle and it's yeah. Mortis. I wonder what the great uh, clean one's gonna look like. Oh, it's gonna look so awesome. Lord of look Change has looked awesome. Oh, yeah, fair was enough. Glockin awesome. looks pretty badass. Well, Mortarian I think is gonna be one of the most impressive looking um, Primarch. demon Primarchs because he looks like the Angel of Death, like literally. What does he look like after he turns into like a demon Primarch? He looks like Mor Mortarian now, but bigger with giant like skeletal bat wings. Oh really? He looks oh, okay. awesome. Sick. He has his big scythe, and he literally looks like the Angel of Death. Awesome. He looks so cool. Axis of Entropy. How many armies at Adepticon 40k champs will have the Gathering Storm models? Oh, uh, probably a lot. <laughs> all of the All the ones that are in the top 16, yeah. probably. Uh, Tyr Tyrionade. Would love to hear about tactics and strategies with the new models and what existing armies they would go with. Uh, we will get caught up. I yep. promise. Well, like, we literally had to decompress after the LVO. We did not read the rules from the fall of Kadia because they were not relevant and we yeah. were overwhelmed. So. Well, St. Celestine and then input whatever codex you want. Yeah, St. Celestine. Ridiculous. What in the heck? <laughs> uh, they're all ridiculous. She is insane. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks very much for uh, tuning in, everybody. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you all on Friday. Bye.